Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Welcome to My Millennial Property. I'm John Pigeon. I'm joined again by Emily Wallace. Hello, Emily. How are you going? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very good. I've got even more coffee on board today, so I'm feeling great. Oh, adding 20% to your day as normal? <laughs> yeah. We've got a fellow Melbourneite, actually, a fellow Victorian on the on the show today. Name's Dylan Buckley. Hello, Dylan. Hello, Pidge. Hello, Emily. I'm a massive fan of the show, so firstly, just say that it's, it's an honour to be here today. <laughs> Look, the honour is all ours, definitely. Now, people listening to our podcast, um, it might be second in line to, uh, to your podcast, but if you haven't heard about this, this guy, he's, the, he's got the number one sports podcast in the country at the moment, well, on Spotify anyway, so that's all that counts. Um, Dylan Friends, it's called. So to all the listeners, if, you, if you're if you sports fanatics, um, you probably already know about it, but if you're not sports fanatics, you need to tune in. Very humorous sort of show, isn't it? They're your words, not mine, but thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Yeah, you've got me at a good week, sitting at number one. We've planned it very, very well. So I'm very happy to be here, as I said, and, and looking forward to the show. Yeah, Matty Johns will be shattered. Now, <laughs> three reasons I got you on the uh, on the podcast today. Number one is because you are a true millennial. Number two, you're uh, you've got a property development that's um, on the go for 2021, and you're an AFL footballer, so that resonates well with me. I was on an AFL list. Uh, people would probably know me from all my VFL and NEFL uh, games played rather than my AFL games played. But I think you know, if I look at my AFL career, one thing it did do really well for me and something that I'm really proud of now is, you know, meeting people like yourself, John, and, and a lot of other people that are, can give really good advice around financial probabilities and things that you can learn that, you know, otherwise if I wasn't in that system, I wouldn't know the first thing about. Not to say I'm an expert at all, but I've definitely come a long way in that space and I've got a long way to go. Cool. So, Dill, let's, uh, let's go deep. Um, we'll start with this property that you've got in Melbourne uh, before we go on to your sort of life journey. But uh, tell us what you've got in McLeod, I believe. It's probably funny. I think uh, all young people, when they want to buy a house, it's probably like a 12-month journey. For me, it was probably like a 24-month journey. You've, you bought, you look at something that you absolutely love and you want it, but it goes for a million dollars more than you actually could afford. And you realise very quickly that there's so many things that have to go your way to even land a property. You know, right area, right time, is it an auction? Is it handed in or is it off the plan? These sort of things. So my property journey was a long one. You know, that would be a podcast in itself. But yeah, I was lucky enough to to find a place in McLeod, which is about 14 Ks out of the CBD for people that aren't in, aren't in Victoria. 
And, you know, at this, like, you know, really funny looking back now, I really didn't want to get it. And at, a, at that stage as well, when you're young, you, you know, as millennials would say, if older people are listening, sometimes we're very superficial. You know, we want like a brand new apartment or a townhouse in the city in a cool area that we can go to all the cafes. But my um, fiance's, well, my girlfriend's dad at the time, she's now my fiance, so that's, that's a positive there as well. He's been a really big mentor for me in, in property and he was really pushing me in, in terms of more getting, you know, buying dirt. You don't really have to buy something because you like it and you, you buy it with your head, not with your heart. So I sort of learnt that quite early days in terms of thinking, well, you know, I own this land now and it's, it's a 700 square metre block rather than an apartment and that was always with the with the goal to to develop it and I've had it for about five or six years now and we're sort of just at the stage, you know, it does take time to, to do that and, you know, that wasn't just the cancel or these sort of things. It was just my financial position as well but at the stage now where we've got plans and permits and ready to sort of tick those boxes and, yeah, hopefully in 2021 we can start to put a second dwelling on the back. I think that's where it gets back to having really good mentors in the fact that I would never have ever even thought about that, doing that. I didn't even know that was a thing until, you know, you have people around you that can can – put you down different paths. Definitely. I think you touched on a really, really good point there, Dylan. As millennials, we can be a little bit superficial. We want something that looks amazing in a great area. You want to be hip and cool, um, but actually being hip and cool doesn't actually always equal wealth. And I think to hear your story of, you know, being in that area, it's actually, I know from you know, being in Melbourne and buying property in Melbourne, the growth of that patch, um, particularly near Viewbank, which is a neighbouring suburb known very much for its school. That's been such a smart decision, I would say, for you. Now, obviously, I'm assuming you've rented out the, the property that exists there already um, in the interim because you've held it for a bit. Yeah, yeah. So I lived in that for two years when I first bought it. Yep. Again, I'd, I'd grown up in North Troy my whole life and was actually moving. You know, I played at Carlton. So I literally lived like a kilometre from my work, bought a place and then moved 14 k's out away from where all my friends were and you know you look back going oh poor me I was living away from people but realistically I was so blessed and lucky now that I look back and that was such a good decision for me because like you said and I didn't know this at the time but you know five years down the track which just has flown by and that area that once was quite far away is now a really desirable suburb and like you said it's known for those areas is is the really good schools around that area you've got Viewbank College and McLeod High and you've got train stations all nearby and there's a new um, freeway going there as well now that you know you just would never have known that those things were going to happen but realistically if you, if you do look at buying in those suburbs that are have got a lot more growth potential that aren't quite as popular as what other ones are you've, you've got all those upsides to look forward to. Yeah. yeah, it's a really interesting one and, and to borrow your word superficial, if, we, if you didn't have the mentor around you such as your father-in-law to be, there's a pretty good chance that you may have ended up with an apartment in the city and, and five years on, knowing what the values of those things that have done in, in that time, you'd be in a totally different financial position and, and looking at um, McLeod, um, not that I know that suburb that well, but when you're talking about proximity to the CBD, if you stood back from the conversation with no emotion, you could say, well, that price point's not going to stay around forever. It, it, pure logic says it's going to go up in value. It's just that it's a poor cousin of neighbouring suburbs and it's mm. got a bit of a smell to it. So people living in the area, and I've witnessed this here locally on the Central Coast, is they have this connotation or emotion around, oh, you wouldn't live there because 
there was a meth lab 10 years ago there or something like that. So uh, it's just having that mindset or to have someone around you with the mindset to say, well, hang on a minute, let's look at the numbers here and realise what the uh, the poor cousin's doing versus the um, the better suburbs around it and regentrification is naturally going to occur. Whether it occurs in two years or 10 years, um, it's, it's a, a time in the market thing, isn't it? Definitely is and I think that that's one thing that I've always given advice to young guys now about is don't just buy something, you know, we, I keep coming back to this, don't just buy something that you think is beautiful, it's got the white picket fence and the re- newly renovated kitchen, buy something that, you know, you don't actually l- like that much, you know, the numbers will do this and, and history shows properly that it, it does grow out and it takes time um, and again, I sound like I know what I'm talking about but I've just learned that through that and if I didn't have those mentors, I'll answer both of your questions in quickly but John you said before if I didn't buy that place the reason he took over was I'd actually met with a financial guy because I was at a stage where I'd waited for so long so I had built up a bit of you know money to buy something and he's like instead of buying one house come and buy these two apartments in the Docklands and I was like oh that sounds cool that's like two apartments fantastic I'll go buy two apartments that's great and just rent them out so Thank God I didn't do that. And Emily, to, to answer your question, the best thing about probably the property now, like you said, with the schools, is it is very good for rental return. Mm. Um, and so many families, you know, are looking to get in that area with bigger backyards and, and whatnot. Yeah, most definitely. And it's hard to pick, but it, as John said, those areas don't stay that way forever and there's plenty of other spots in Melbourne that would be similar. Just before we go to a break, can I ask you a question, um, a bit of a reflection Obviously now um, you mentioned your um, building on the back of that block, which is awesome. That's great. What out of that journey of, of going through plans and permits and all the rest of it, what surprised you the most or what do you wish that you knew um, before you went through that process? Yeah, it's such a good question. Um, I'll firstly say you don't know what you know till you know it. So like I can never – like there's so many things that I'd go back and change about what I did there and do it differently but like I don't look back and like in anger I just look back on all right we'll look do this and then like learn from the next one and go again because you're going to make mistakes and that's the only way that you can learn in that process for example when I moved into the house it was a really rundown house and we're going to do like a little bit of a renovation to make it livable and make it nice but as a kid again with not much you know guidance in this area I sort of went oh well if I'm getting this room redone let's just put a new kitchen in let's just put a new this in let's just do this so I went to stage from being a tiny sort of thing into being bigger than what it was meant to be and you know that in saying that I I don't regret that now but I sort of think maybe I should have just actually knocked down the house and maybe done three townhouses instead of just doing you know two Um, there's so many options in in what you know the way you can go about it it's just a bit of a learning curve I think and in terms of the planning and permits um, stuff you just don't realize how long that actually takes as I said we started that process probably nearly three or four years ago and it's it's just at the stage now my property had a uh, like some some trees and stuff on there that we wanted to keep but because of of those heritage listed things you have to really get extra reports done about how to you know build around them and, and make sure that they're going to be okay you know that the tr- one of the things was a big selling point was a beautiful tree and I wanted to make sure that that stayed there as much as other people were like oh I'll try and get rid of it I actually really like the tree and I wanted to keep it we had to do a lot of planning around that as well. And, yeah, you just don't understand probably how much time these things take. And I always think, you know, yeah. with property and I don't know if this is even a quote, but I just think like 
sometimes you need to like double what you think you're going to pay and double the length of time you think you're going to wait for everything because it just it so takes true. time and takes a bit of money. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's very valuable um, advice there. The, the time frame and the money is always a bit more than what you expect. We'll be back in a second. We're just going to take a short break. And after the break, we'll unpack a bit more with Dylan. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so before the break, what I learned was there's plenty of bucks in yucks. The dirtiest thing you can find is going to make you the most money, Dylan. We can go go on all day about development and I, I love the stuff personally. We might need to get you back on to, um, to see the progression of the development and, and break it down some more. But I want to go on a, a little bit of a journey when you left Melbourne to to go to Sydney to play AFL football with the Giants there was some financial obstacles that you overcome so for listeners out there it's a it's adjusting your cash flow management because there was a change of income and a change of lifestyle can you talk to us about that I had played AFL in Melbourne, was living, you know, in my own home. People think, oh, well, AFL players are on a million dollars. That's not true. But I was on a healthy income that was allowing me to pay my mortgage and I was living in my own home. And I had, you know, my fiancé living with me at the time. And then when I uh, got released from my contract, which in short terms is I got fired, I got sacked, um, I was then thinking, wow, like what's – you know, like what's next? Am I going to be able to keep living in here? Do I have to move back in with my parents and rent my house out? Got another contract with another team in Sydney. So I had to go from literally going from Melbourne, living in my own house to in an unrenovated, um, un, you know, finished house to trying to move that, get it rented out and move into a new place in Sydney, pretty much halving my salary at the same time. So you know, we got through that obstacle and, and got the place finished and was really lucky to get it rented out straight away. But then the next part was then well, moving to Sydney and finding a rental property. And, you know, as most people would know in, in property, you know, the cost of living in Sydney is, is incredibly high and I was on rookie wages. And, yeah, it was it was extremely tough. Like we – I was still out of pocket from my property. I was paying principal and interest off my loan because I, I was locked into a fixed rate and my mortgage was paying 
sorry, my rental was probably paying all the interest of that loan, but not the extra part that I had to put in. So yeah, it was really tough to like think, you know, I was on a quite a smaller, obviously a smaller salary. My rent in Sydney was more than my mortgage in Melbourne. So I had had to somehow pay that, pay off also extra on my loan on more than uh, on, sorry, yeah, on like, you know, a significant net less salary. And that was a big sort of wake up call thinking, all right, this is, this is going to be tough. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I take from that there is you're not an egotistical guy. You, You don't look for flashy things in life, but you're surrounded by guys that are potentially on five times the, the income of, of what you're on. Um, so that must have been a tough adjustment to, to see potentially what they were doing versus you on the with the uh, butt out of your pants um, mm. not being able to make things meet. Oh, 100%. It was, it, was, it was so tough, but I look back now, it was honestly the best thing that ever happened to me because it, like, prepared me so much more for life. And sometimes I think being a young man, like, going into footy, having a bit of an unrealistic view of how, like, you know, it actually works in terms of having to save, you know, on a, on a wage, be able to keep a property and being able to have to do other work. So in, in one stage, obviously, yeah, you'd want to be earning as much as you can, but that those two years in Sydney set me up for life in experience and in, in work ethic and in, you know, forward planning because it really made me think, all right, well, now I've got to really look at my loan. All right, am I getting the best home loan right now? If not, I need to refinance it and get something better. You know, am I living in this property? Like, do I really need Fox Cell? Probably not. Um, do I, you know, need to do all these sort of things that I just cut back on and really strip back? And, you know, my, my last two years in Sydney were basically just setting me up for the rest of my life because I've learned how to then do these things going, you know, into the next phase because after footy, I, I, my footy career was never going to last forever. There's always, and no footy careers do. So as soon as I knew that that was, um, I was on a one-year rookie deal. Um, I got one more year after that. But those years were sort of just me trying to sort out my life and my finances and get on top of things. And if I look back now, like one of the proudest things that I know I did was I got through those two years. I was able to keep my house and didn't have to like sell it. And, you know, it was it was bloody tough, but it was it was awesome. I think that's so, I mean, first of all, that's amazing that you got through those two years in somewhat, you know, going backwards, as you mentioned on a, on a rookie salary in a city that's going to cost you more to live in. I think it's really a relevant scenario to a lot of our listeners who may have found themselves, obviously, given the year we had in 2020, having to take something less than what they were used to. So maybe they were in an industry where they got cut and they've had to start a new career progression or a new job on a lesser salary. What would you say to those people who are, I mean, you mentioned those things about, do I really need Foxtel or, you know, what am I subscribed to and, and what does my home own look like? But on the mindset piece, how did you approach that? What was what was the key thing that got you through that time? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good question. I think that we, as young people, can get caught up in, in this factor because I think, you know, from going from, you know, really not struggling, but like, oh, you know, I, without being, you know, I wasn't dying but it was tough like you know you get through and and I know you know most people do um but I think after I left footy a lot of pathway that a lot of players you know take is they go okay well 
I'm going to go play local footy and earn a lot of money playing local and then get a job and do, you know, a really good job through that and earn as much as I can. But that job that they get doesn't have a lot of growth in, mm. in the job. And I really looked at that and thought that's not really what I want to do because I'm, I've always been passionate about having my own business and doing my own thing. And I was like, look, I've already got through two years of being on not like, you know, not enough, not a lot of money. Next year I'm moving home to Melbourne. I'm going to go move back in with my fiance's parents. We're going to live with them for a bit. So I think this is the only opportunity for me now to actually go backwards again. And I started in a career that I wanted to get into, but I knew, yes, it's going to be a short-term hit, but long-term I'll be, it'll be way better for me. Um, so instead of like trying to do the short term fix straight away and just get the money in the door, I was like, no, I want to get into a career that like I want to get into. And sometimes if you want to do something that is you're passionate about, you're going to have to start at the bottom and work your way up rather than going to a career that is, it's got a good salary, but there's probably not much growth and you're not that passionate about it. So yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but I think, If I'm, you know, if I had any advice to someone, and it's don't look for the short term fix. Like, think about what you really love doing, because when you really love doing it, you know, you you don't feel like you're working as hard, but you're actually working ten times harder, and it's it's so much more enjoyable. And as you guys know, you're working in the industry that you love now. When you do do that, and you're passionate about it, you work harder. Then the money will come at, at a later stage. Yeah, you yeah. never never work another day in your life, do you? When you when you love something and you're passionate about it, which is obviously what you're doing, and and hats off to you really because, like, I'll, I've used two words here for you that resilience and determination through those periods where you had to cut back on things. You're in a in a high profile environment where people are on considerably higher incomes than you, but you've had the mindset to say, you know what, there's a survival mode here that I've got to kick in with, and then post this period. You, you had the smarts to think, well, footy's not going to last forever. Mine actually might be cut short sooner than, than a lot of others, but I actually want to go in and do something I'm passionate about. And you've spent the time to, to invest in that to be able to um, get yourself in a position now where, um, call it successful podcaster, call it media representative, whatever it is, but I, I, what comes out in me is everything that you're doing, you're enjoying, which is, is the number one key. And that's what I tell my three kids all the time is just enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it, don't do it. I think, yeah, we all learn from the hard times. And I think we learn more in the, from the hard times than we do in the, in the easy times. And Emily, you touched upon it before of, well, COVID-2020 or COVID-19, whatever the hell it's called, <laughs> is, has been such a learning curve for people where we may have to rein in the foxtail. We, we may have to rein in the the discretional spending in our life um, which actually makes us pivot and go into a different direction which is going to be a better result for us long term so that's um, yeah it's an unbelievable story Dylan and, and thanks for sharing that with us uh, before we I will finish, just say John as well I, I always like to say at the end of this I probably I don't know if I touched on it again by no means you know was I living you know, uncomfortably in terms of I know so many people are going through so much worse things and I'm so – I was so grateful for my AFL career and I, sometimes people get upset. They go, oh, you're an AFL player, but just just be grateful for what you're, you've got. And I know I had an incredible um, incredible opportunity, um, but just in relative terms at the time of learning those things, it was a, it was a definite change and it did help me along the way. But uh, by no means am I comparing myself to someone that, you know, is in an, a more unfortunate position because I know that I've been, un, un, you know, more than blessed with 
with every opportunity that I've I've had in in the long in the long term and and that's going to come. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so before we finish, I believe you've got some sort of side hustle on the go for 2021. Can you tell, tell our us. listeners what, what that's going to be if you haven't got enough on your plate right now? Yeah, I'm a bit of an idiot, to be honest. I um, <laughs> I love being busy and I love just doing new things. And I think, you know, one thing I've learned from tw- um, COVID-19 is we have so much more time than we think we do. It's been such an incredibly tough year for everyone and like myself included. You know, I lost, I actually, speaking of getting sacked from footy, I I lost another job that I was doing but has led me to where I am now. So it was sort of a blessing in disguise as well. But, yeah, I thought, well, the more I can sort of run my own things, then I'm in control of that. Um, Long story short, I want to start a bit of a dog company, toys, collars, those sort of things. We've got that in the works for next year. With my partner and I, we both, you know, absolutely love our dogs and we love things like that. So it's just a bit of a passion project really and just seeing what happens with it. But, you know, if you don't start, you'll never know where it gets to. And I think if, like I said, you've learned from, we've learned from 2020 how much online now is is a way that people buy, you know, it's, it can just be people can start those side hustles and, and, and really start those little online businesses through Instagram and websites and, and those sort of things. 100%. I think you need to get some dog Instagram influencers on board with that and you'll just see it skyrocket. People love their dog, particularly, I don't know if it's just a Melbourne thing, but it's such a, a fur baby society. A lot of people oh. have dogs um, and it's almost like if you walk around the park without one, do you even do you even go here? I mean, no, I know. you have to have a dog to live in Melbourne. <laughs> I would hate to know the amount of money I've spent on things for my dog like you know i'll look past i'll go past the shops and be like oh that t-shirt's too expensive but there's this 75 dollar collar that i really like for my dog so i'm going to get it for her and like it's ruined in you know five minutes so <laughs> yeah. um yeah i think it's a it's a it's a funny one people just love their animals so much yeah and i, th- I think that's exploded even more through covid hasn't it people well whether it's company or expendable cash that they've got to to push out to to buy a pet has definitely increased in the last six months, that's for sure. And and there's nothing worse than thinking about a business idea and not doing anything about it and then six months later something identical pops up and uh. it's like, oh, damn, I should have executed that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think that's the biggest thing. I, so many times, you know, people have so many good ideas but you just got to do it and you just got to back yourself in. Um, and I know everyone's not in the position sometimes to do it but – I've learned that the more I overthink things, the less I do it. So I just try and just go, no, commit to it, do it, and just worry about the rest later and see what happens. Awesome. Love that mentality. Very good. Um, Dylan, it's been a pleasure. We, we look forward or, or wish you luck with the development in 2021 at McLeod, and hopefully it's a, a fruitful return after five years of um, investing. And uh, look, for those out there that are thinking about extra podcasts and if you're not already on Dylan Friends, tune in. Um, there's, as I said, a lot of humour about. We're probably a bit more serious than Dylan's show, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you can get a combination of both, can't you? Yeah, you can. It's uh, No, I, I just love love podcasting, love chatting to people. Even today, just learning, you know, chatting with like-minded people. It's always fun and enjoyable to sort of share sort of things. And even like today, just chatting, it's made me sit back and probably reflect on my my journey with property because it's something that you don't really think about too much. And I think, you know, I look back now and I'm like, hmm, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm quite excited about it, my future in, in that space. And because the, the development's been taking so long, 
I thought the other day, I was like, shit, what's next? Like, what do you do after that? You know, like, do you then just go yeah. get. So, yeah, that's maybe that's the next episode we do. <laughs> yeah, what will be next? Yeah, well, yeah. depending on the returns, it could be bigger than you think. Oh, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate you coming on, Dylan. And yeah, I think that's all from us, Emily. Most definitely been very insightful. Love, love it on the property piece, but also the mindset piece of everything. So, Dylan, thank you for sharing everything with us today. And I know our listeners have got some, some true value out of our episode. So, thanks for jumping on board. Ah, fantastic. Thanks for having me, Emily. Thanks very much, Pidge, and yeah, best of luck. Speak with Thanks, you. guys. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And I've created the Buying Coach, built from my experience as a buyer's advocate to demystify the confusion around purchasing property, particularly for first home buyers. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.